0: Welcome this morning, my name is David Greenhaw i 'm an ordained minister of the United Church of Christ and I serve as the interim senior minister of this congregation and I'm very happy to welcome you to worship this morning to welcome those of you who are here in person and those of you who are attending or uh, uh, watching and participating online um, we uh, I have one very quick announcement to make before we make more announcements, but that is that several people over the last couple of weeks have said, I'm interested in becoming a member. And they tend to do it right as they go out and shake our hand. And then we go, who was that? (laughs) So if you are such a person today, uh, when you leave, just stop at uh, the table where you get the name tags. There's a sign-up sheet and leave your information so we can follow up to have you uh, participate in a membership exploration class. So uh, please join us that way.
1: And I'm Reverend Angela Wells-Bean, and I'm your Minister for Congregational Care. I echo David's welcome. It's wonderful to have all of you in person and online, and I'd like to ask you to register your attendance with us. If you are in person, please grab those blue attendance pads that are in your pews. Take a moment to fill them out and pass it to your neighbor. And if you're worshiping with us remotely, go ahead and write your name in the comment section. Let us know where you are worshiping from this morning. And while you're there, you can click on a link which will bring up a PDF of our bulletin so that you can follow along with the service order. And we moved our Cans for Communion collection, which is normally the first Sunday of the month. We moved it this month to today, uh, realizing that last Sunday was New Year's Day. And we want to offer a quick word of thanks to everyone who participated. In that today, we know that our mission partner Grace Place is very grateful for all that we contribute to their food pantry, and we will do our collection again on the first Sunday of February.
0: Great. Um, it's uh, started to become a, a practice now that between services, there's an opportunity to get coffee and snacks and to visit but there's also an opportunity for some program. And so, uh, again, uh, this spring, this winter and spring, we will be having intersections. Uh, It's an interview format, uh, about 40, 45 minutes in length, in Nelson Hall, just straight across, upstairs, 207. Um, And uh, there's a, a wonderful opportunity to engage and learn about the intersection between work and faith from many of our members and people from the community. So please, uh, after this service today, feel free to go there. Um, Just to let you know, those sessions also include one time a month, a conversation with the search committee, and next week is the third Sunday of the month, and that will be the time when there's another opportunity to get an update from the uh, senior minister search committee uh i think i
1: tuesdays at twilight
0: oh yes thank you it turns out that uh, we also have an incredible concert series uh uh, called tuesdays at twilight Uh, they take place in beverly hall a wonderful venue for just such a things the next one is coming not this tuesday but the following tuesday you do need to get a ticket for those so please go online And uh, reserve a spot to be able to come to the first of the season's Tuesdays at Twilight.
1: And this coming. Thursday night, January 12th, is our People for Guatemala dinner, which I and the Board of Missions and Outreach have been working hard on putting together. We are going to celebrate our relationship with People for Guatemala, reflect on the trip we took down there this past November, and also look ahead at the future future shape that our relationship will take and future trips. So we'll be able to hear from folks who recently traveled there, as well as people who have been involved in our relationship with people for Guatemala for many, many years. So please mark your calendars. That's this coming Thursday at 5.30 in McSpadden Hall. It's free uh, to attend, so don't worry about getting tickets or anything. But we do need a head count. So as David mentioned, the sign-up table in the gathering place earlier, go ahead and stop by there, and please do put your name down so we know how many to plan for.
0: One last thing. Uh, It turns out that it's really expensive to live in Naples, Florida, and uh, the expense of living here creates a real dilemma for people who literally don't have the resources but need to work and make their life and livelihood here and this has caused a a real uh, quandary and difficulty in our community for affordable housing this year the justice committee of the congregation has been focusing on that and on this Wednesday, the 11th, at 3 o'clock, in the sanctuary, in partnership with the Greater Naples Leadership uh, Council Group, uh, there will be a, a very important, very good forum on affordable housing here in, uh, uh, in the Naples uh, general area. Um, there will be uh, speakers from a variety of places. Uh, there's uh, some interspersed with some video testimony we have heard already that 300 people have uh, already intended to come. Uh, we can hold 600. Don't feel intimidated by those 300. Do show up, please, for that event. You'll, I think you'll be enlightened and, uh, and learn more about the struggle and the possibilities to address this issue in our community.
1: <sighs>
0: Let's worship. Let's worship. I hope you've heard it either over the mountain or somewhere that Jesus Christ is born. And here we are a changed people. Things are different. Things are new. Things are changed in our world forever because Christ is born. Come, let us worship.
1: I invite you to turn to your bulletins and join me in our prayer of invocation. Let us pray together. God of kings and paupers, Of the satisfied and the destitute, shine your light into this place. Be present with us as we worship, as we offer the gift of our praise, and go with us as we leave, so that your light may shine in our hearts always, illumining the way to your love. Amen. I invite us to be in a spirit of prayer as I offer this morning's pastoral prayer. Let us pray. Light giving God, we are magi on a caravan of lumbering hope, traveling through grinding wind and glaring sun, chill, clear nights, and sun baking days. We come to seek your light. We come, each of us, on our own life's journey, traveling through times of loneliness and fear, through heartbreak and anger, through grief and loss. Through joy of new life, through economic uncertainty, through fear for loved ones, through struggles with our mental health, the loss of a parent, the simple letting go of a child or a grandchild more ready to be an adult. We come bearing hope on a journey of joys and sorrows. We are ready to arrive at the manger that cradles your light, the light that Herod so desperately fears. Despite its radiance, O God, we confess that we too fear this light, for it is here that we meet your light and your truth, and the truth of our own powerlessness. We are magi, wise and respected sages. We are Herod the king, holding wealth and power, and yet we are no more than this helpless infant, no more than human flotsam on the tidal wave of time, human beings, no more and no less. Each of us is born and each of us dies. Fully aware of our cosmic insignificance, we embrace the paradox that we are all significant to you. And so remembering this sacred truth, we lift up all who are in need of our ongoing love and support. May they know that they are held and loved and remembered by this community. We also lift up our siblings around the world, those whom we don't know by name, but who are suffering from so many preventable things. May you give us the wisdom to know how we can help our human family that is suffering the most. On this dawn of a new year, we pray for all those who are excited to greet 2023 and leave 2022 behind. We pray for all those who are entering this new year with trepidation, worried about what the future holds. And we pray for all of us who are somewhere in the middle. We lift up all of these prayers, O God, in the name of your Son, the bearer of light in our world, who taught us to pray together, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done Our scripture reading this morning comes from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 2, and if you would like to follow along in your bulletins, you are welcome to do so. In the time of King Herod, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, asking, "'Where is the child who has been born King of the Jews? For we observed his star at its rising and have come to pay him homage.'" "'For from you shall come a ruler "'who is to shepherd my people Israel.' "'Then Herod secretly called for the wise men "'and learned from them the exact time "'when the star had appeared. "'Then he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, "'Go and search diligently for the child. "'And when you have found him, "'bring me word so that I may also go "'and pay him homage.' "'When they had heard the king They offered him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they left for their own country by another road.
0: I had a thumb tag. You know, thumbtacks. They're kind of like tops. They've got a little spinning thing on them. I was sitting at my desk, a wooden desk with an angle and a pencil tray. I was in elementary school, maybe junior high. I don't know. I was spinning the thumbtack. Spinning and spinning, spinning and spinning, spinning and spinning. And then it slipped out of my fingers and started to roll down the angle of the desk. And I stopped it. Oh, oh, blood, stupid, stupid, stupid. Well, I've gained some wisdom from this experience and I thought I would share it with you The first thing is, is if you're ever playing with a thumbtack and it rolls down your desk, don't take your hand and stop it without thinking. The second is a little bigger than that, which is when things start to spin out of control, when they, they start to slip away from us, we sometimes do stupid things. You... Maybe have had this experience. You're driving your car. Uh, something distracts you. You hit that little rough part of the shoulder. And it starts to, you start to go, whoa, whoa, whoa. And what do you do? You don't gently come back. You jerk the wheel and go over to the other side. You, you almost kill yourself overcorrecting. Because you respond just that way when things are slipping away. So, you know, Christmas comes, and the stories are the same year after year. And so I've been doing this for a long time. I I found that I have sometimes spent most of Christmas thinking about the star in this story, and sometimes thinking about the wise ones in this story. But but this year, I don't know, I've been preoccupied with Herod. And I think the wisdom of my thumbtack may have something to do with Herod so let's first just figure out who Herod is Herod is a Jewish man who is a Roman king the romans were very wise they they used local citizens to local leaders to become citizens of rome and he became the king of a region that was quite large the, the area of palestine all the way north to damascus and as far south as the egyptian border a large kingdom he had. And at the time of the birth of Jesus, he was towards the end of his reign. He'd already started to worry about control over the things he had hold of. He had a sense that some things were slipping away. He had a practice of not trusting his wives. where it is he killed eight of them. Not an altogether good person. Herod gets word that a new king has been born. And he is freaked out. A new king is a threat to him. So when the wise ones come, he meets with them, and he he says to them, Oh, I'm so glad. I, I want to pay homage to that one. Just, just go let me know where he is, and I will be sure to... Treat him well. The wise ones maybe know some of the wisdom I've learned from my thumbtack. That when you start feeling things slipping away, you might do stupid, painful, even dangerous things. So they don't go back to Herod and tell him where the babe is, the newborn king. But that doesn't stop Herod. As you may know, the story goes on, and Herod goes on to do a most horrible thing. He orders the massacre of every boy under two years old. If he can't find the specific king boy, he'll get the rest of them and wipe them out in the masses. Of course, Jesus and his family slip away. It is unclear how many people, how many boys were actually killed by Herod. Maybe many, maybe a few, but even if it were one, it's a brutality that is abhorrent, unacceptable, disturbing. Today is January 8th. It's two days after Epiphany, January 6th. Epiphany, like Christmas, falls on a specific day. It it is the Christmas and the East, uh, in the Eastern churches, they don't celebrate on the 25th, but on the 6th, our day of Epiphany. We're just two days after Epiphany. And we are two days and two weeks, two days and two years after January 6th, 2021. And on that day, some remarkable things happened that I've been trying to figure out. I've been trying to figure out, I I, I really, I should be more interested, but I'm not as interested in assigning blame. I've been more interested personally in figuring out why, why would some people be so brutal? Why would they respond the way they did? Why would they beat and kill I know, like you, I've heard that there's a debate about how violent that event was, but even if only one person was killed, it's abhorrent, unacceptable not to be taken. My, my thumbtack wisdom here makes me think that although there were many people and they all surely had many reasons, the reason to attack the Capitol that day with the sort of brutality that was there is because there was a sense that things were slipping away, spinning out of control, that that the world the way it ought to be has not been that way, and therefore there was a desire to do something about it. The, the, The thumbtack spinning down and to slam down and do something about it. But it was brutal, too brutal, and unacceptable. So so I've been thinking about this spinning, out of control, slipping away, and I have some really bad news for you all. Everything slips away from us eventually. We lose our friends. We lose things that we love and care for. We then even lose our ability to get up easily, walk easily, think clearly, breathe. We lose our lives and things slip away. So that's a piece of wisdom. What is it that the Christian faith says about any of that? Well, I think it says at least two things. This newborn king is a king who believes that even though things slip away, it is unacceptable to be so brutal and dangerous and that all who follow in the name of this one, this Jesus Christ, ought to abhor, abhor the kind of violence and brutality of Herod and of January sixth. The other thing is that even though we slip away and it's inevitable we should learn from this newborn king who has no army but preaches and teaches this one wonderful thing he says this remember consider the lilies of the field they neither toil nor spin Yet Solomon, in all of his glory, was never arrayed more beautifully than these. I take that to mean this. You can slam your hand, or you can think instead of yourself as a genuine child of God, held instead in the hand of God, the firm, strong, strong, hand of God, and even when things are slipping away, even when you are dealing with incredible loss of control or things you love, you are part of something far greater, a a new kingdom ruled by this newborn king, a kingdom Where we are held forever in the hand of God. Amen. Go tell it on the mountains. Go tell it everywhere you can. Let it be known and say it loud and proud that Jesus Christ is born and the world is changed and we are held in God's hand and we need not fear or respond with hatred or cruelty, or brutality, but with love. Amen.